0: I'm happy to announce that uh, you may you may have seen this on Tuesday, uh, and, and maybe you didn't. Maybe this was buried a little bit too deep. I don't know. The support for it was a little bit has been a little bit uh, it's been a little bit antsy from uh, from the other side of things. But uh, happy to announce that uh, here on Elwood City Limits, our podcast is a part of Disney Plus.
1: Oh my goodness! Yeah, uh, uh, you know, along with. Um the gangs all here. Thanos, mm-hmm. uh, Ron, Stoppable, <laughs> um, you know the the alien the the one of the basketball girls from Double Team,
0: Xenon and Xenon the sequel yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, they're all a part of the Elwood City Limits family. Actually, Will, uh, I am leaving the podcast and I'm starting my own Arthur podcast on the uh, Criterion Janus Films channel, and you can't stop me. Uh, So competing streaming services. What's going to end up happening is uh, no one's going to listen to either of our podcasts. They're just going to torrent both of them.
0: And then eventually there's going to be a third one over on HBO Max. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh,
1: But, Will, you're burying the lead here. Hmm. Uh, That's not the only thing in in cinematic news, animated news. Oh, Uh, yeah,
0: that's right. We have to talk about that, don't we?
1: Oh, oh, buddy, do we ever, uh, they fixed Sonic. They did.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> Sonic Sonic Watch 20, 2019, 2020, uh, they fixed Sonic, Will.
0: They sure did, and it went from, uh, I. Th- it felt like it was exactly last episode, maybe two episodes ago, that you were uh, looking at leaked uh, promo material, and then all of a sudden, there it is, he's there on the on the uh, digital screen for everybody to see. They fix Sonic.
1: That's Sonic, all right. That's that's Sonic. That's, you know, that blue hedgehog. Uh, chili dogs, all that jazz. Now, are,
0: now are people like us ever going to be satisfied, or are we going to keep asking for more? We're going to force <laughs> these poor people to do hours and hours of crunch in order uh, so that uh, Knuckles has the appropriate amount of braids.
1: I mean, they, they could just... You know, you avoid that will by giving Knuckles the appropriate amount of braids in the first place. Mm. No, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Shouts out to the animators who toiled away to fix Sonic. Will does has this changed your excitement level to go see the Sonic movie if we get enough Patreon subscribers by February? My
0: level of excitement for that movie remains relatively the same, uh, <laughs> which is really
1: high, right? Like super. duper Oh,
0: high. you'd better believe it.
1: It's like it's like Sonic the movie. And then Return of the Skywalker, uh, and then whatever other movies people are waiting for. But Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog movie, definitely number one with a bullet. Yeah, the
0: Irishman, forget about it. Sonic the Hedgehog, oh, yeah. the movie.
1: Exactly, forget about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, Those animators completely redid Sonic, okay? That's way harder than just making Robbie De Niro uh, look 30 years younger.
0: You know what would actually be funny is if we promised that at 40 patrons over at patron- patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits, if we promised we were going to do the Sonic the Hedgehog movie and then we just did the, uh, the 90s anime movie. You ever seen that?
1: Wait, well, which there was a. Uh, I've seen like Sonic X.
0: No, no. it's I've,
1: se- I've seen Sonic Underground. No, nope. I've seen Sonic Boom.
0: nope. This is before that. I had it on video. Oh. It's uh was released in North America as Sonic the Hedgehog the Movie, and it's like by an anime studio and it's it's very it's very, very anime and it's really terrible. The dub is particularly pretty bad, but it is called oh. Sonic the Hedgehog the movie. So if we reviewed that, we wouldn't be lying.
1: I Will, you're not getting out of this, I'm sorry, but, uh, well, you're only not getting out of it unless we don't meet the 40 Patreon subscriber goal, so if you, and your want me and Will, to, if you want to force Will to go see that Sonic movie, uh, I'm probably going to see it either way, but if you want to force Will to see the Sonic movie, uh, get, get your friends to subscribe to the Patreon, Um because Wills his name and watching that Sonic movie will be his game hopefully.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, I uh I've made the aggr- I've made the agreement and if you want to put a real lump of coal in my stocking or oh my give yourself goodness. a gift this holiday season then feel free to donate to us over on Patreon in order for us to get to that 40 subscriber goal. But uh you know, we could always just we could always just not we could, I I could not watch that movie and be yeah, perfectly happy with my life. <laughs> Please. Please. Don't make me do it.
1: Oh, my goodness. The seasonal depression's already kicking in. I'm afraid uh, so.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I, I mean, I know. This is, by the way, the Episodic Arthur podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we mentioned that or not. Elwood City Limits. I'm Lucas Mancini.
0: And I, I'm Will Young. I'm, t- I'm surprised at you taking the lead on that. It's been h- hundreds of episodes, and... Uh, Wow!
1: Yeah, I just I just wanted to cheer you up. You sounded a little glum. What with having to watch the Sonic movie, mm-hmm. and I know you're.
0: Oh uh, yeah, just you know making making sure that I that I buy the right presents for everybody, making sure that I'm keeping track of who I have to buy presents for, all this kind of stuff. And it's it the coldest week that it's been so far in fall season Gosh, over here.
1: I, I, holiday season got you stressed got you under pressure it's
0: true man i gotta t- i gotta i gotta take it from you i gotta take some classy pics on the gram and i gotta just stay chill stay vibing <laughs> oh
1: my God. well i'm glad that you think my instagram pictures are classy they are uh,
0: they're really they're really I, I, cool
1: oh my well that's true i mean it helps <laughs> that i've been all out and about lately uh i've had things to take pictures of uh but yes vibing i am uh if people, and if people
0: if, want to follow you on instagram what's your handle
1: oh god i don't even know i think it's at lucas man city i was thinking about this today oh yeah i guess if we're getting plugs out of the way i'll probably mention this at the back of the show as well uh the Mally stream has returned after a yeah, year-long yeah. hiatus after a year-long hiatus uh if you're a fan of uh this podcast uh specifically the parts where i talk i guess <laughs> um or or and and you would like to hear me talk about video games go check out the valley stream on youtube because i'm i sometimes i'm in those videos as well
0: yeah you uh, you guys uh i saw i saw the promotional uh artwork on the instagram and i saw that you're going to be a part of is it death stranding you're playing
1: Ma- Mally Stranding, that's Mali's right. We Trending. played uh, Death Stranding. I think that's just a one-off, but you know, the most famous and popular Mally Stream series, Secret of Mally, will be returning in another week when uh, the other third uh, of Mally Stream gets back from Japan. And once that happens, uh, it's it's back to the world of Secret of Mana. Where we are going to finish that game, whether it's going to take multiple years or not. Uh, yeah, but Mally Stream's back, and, and, and if you like this show, you'll, you'll probably like Mally's... It's Mally Stream on YouTube. It's pretty easy to remember. M A L L Y. Check it out. Stream. and I'm
0: and I, I'm patiently waiting for my invite. Maybe someday.
1: Oh, I've got, well, of course, of course, you could come on the Mally. Stream. Love to. By all means, got to come on down to Dartmouth and go to the
0: Mally Studio. Uh, okay, I, I, I guess so. <laughs> no, I'd love to. Uh, yeah, so check that out. And I uh, was also thinking of uh, plugging our personal twitters as well how's your twitter game these days lucas
1: uh it's pretty late but you know my dad follows me on twitter so you know i I, i'm not i'm not really uh uh posting up a storm for lack of a better term but uh it's lucas underscore mancini is the is the old twitter
0: mine was briefly public and now it's private again uh but if you want to follow me there i am at William Y. William spelled W I L L Y U M Y spelled W H Y, um, and what a what a
1: formal episode this is thus far. <laughs>
0: and uh, speaking of Twitter, we are also as of this recording three followers away from three hundred. Now, as soon as this goes out, Whoa. I'm sure we're going to lose a few. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we're very close to three hundred, which is which is wild to me. Oh, yeah, it just, we're almost at
1: the amount um, of the Spartans uh, that, that you know, in that, that Frank Miller graphic novel, you know, Clive, uh, Clive, uh, 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 not Clive Owen. What's his gosh darn name? Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler. You know, all that jazz. Well, let me tell you something. The time change has really been messing with me, okay? Okay. This is getting dark at 5 p.m., it's sapping the old energy levels. I'm
0: trying. I'm. I'm trying. I'm trying my best to survive. It. It. It really was a shock to the system the first couple of days, but, uh, you know, I'm really trying to adapt to it. And but I have been noticing I'm getting tired a lot. Uh, a lot earlier. But
1: it doesn't. It doesn't help that this Arthur episode is in the middle of the summertime.
0: Oh yes, they're they're like sweating like crazy in this one. We're, I mean, we'll we'll get into it, but it, it's, it certainly didn't make me feel great about the fact that we're now in minus temperatures over here. Uh, but before we get into that, of course, a few, a few other things we like to get out of the way. Uh, since we have done a few plugs, I want to go now to our email, which is uh, relatively plug-free, except for elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. We got a one email this week from uh, Curtis C., Who says, hello, my Canadian friends. I have learned that the most frightening part of Spooktober is when it snows on Halloween, which we narrowly avoided here. Narrowly avoided. I just wanted to say I hope that things are going to be easier for y'all with doing the podcast every other week. Uh, I've looked forward to this coming episode. And this one he's talking about... um, Postcards from Buster. The spinoff series was a neat way to show how people in different areas live. Most meaningful to me is the episode where Buster visits a family in Salt Lake City, Utah. Of course, anyone probably enjoys seeing their home state mentioned, but the striking thing here is the uniquely positive portrayal of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Obviously, it couldn't go into deeper parts of our religious belief, it was on PBS, but it did establish that we're normal people who care greatly about family values. It just goes to show how Arthur, and by extension, Postcards, is inclusive of all types of people. So many people don't understand this very well, and that leads to misconceptions, which leads to some not-so-savory portrayals of us in pop culture, i.e. the Book of Mormon musical. But Arthur shows a great example of positivity. I'm just sad I haven't seen that trend continue. I'm looking forward to some upcoming episodes. Have a great week from Curtis and uh, yeah they definitely get into a lot of those different uh, uh, ways of life throughout just going through the episode guide of postcards from Buster and uh, this this week's episode that we're talking about here not so much on the uh, messaging but we do get a lot of variety of characters uh, around here.
1: Oh, yeah. No, big variety. And it, that's interesting that they did a Utah episode. I know like two things about Utah, and that's, you know, Salt Lake. Okay, so I know three things about Salt Lake City, Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, there was the Salt Lake Olympics. Remember that? Early 2000s? Yep. Salt Lake Olympics. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the, the,
0: the, uh, was it summer? It was winter, wasn't it?
1: It must. Surely it must have been winter. Uh, the other thing I know about Utah is Salt Lake City, Utah, is that's where the film SLC Punk takes place, okay. starring Matthew Lillard. Yep. Uh, that's a interesting movie. Uh, and also, uh, the Utah Jazz. Mm. Oh. A very, they're very good this year. It's a very good basketball team.
0: Does Salt Lake have a NHL team? I was really trying to remember that today. No. No. Mm. No, 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 no. Okay. Okay. Uh, must have been thinking of something. I think I was confusing it with the Tampa Bay Lightning for some reason. I was thinking like for some reason I associate blue and white with Salt Lake City, and that might be just be my. That may
1: be just. Uh, Tampa. Sorry, Tampa Bay. A little bit, a little bit warmer than old Salt Lake City, maybe. A little bit. Uh, yeah.
0: I don't doubt it. My American geography is terrible, so please don't take my word for that. Thank you for your message. Curtis, really appreciate it, and the private one as well. I'll be sending you a reply to that a bit later. And, of course, we also want to say a big thanks to everybody who is our patron over on patreon.com slash elwoodcitylimits. You certainly don't have to be a patron, but it is uh, very cool for the people who are. So we always like to give them a little bit of a shout-out, and this time I'm going to go in reverse alphabetical order. And uh, maybe it's because the list starts off with William that I like it so much. Uh, But there's also (laughs) Teresa and Stella. There's Shayna Bennett and Riley Stevens, Michaela Gibson and Macy Ball, Light Relentless, Leanne S., Kristen, Kevin Noon and Kaylin Krogall. There's Kat, John Griswold and John Dulong, Joe Sue, Jake Bailey, Ian Collis, and Emily K Dan Mike Dawson Silva Crescent fresh Sierra s Christine Wong Chandler Lefave Boton Caitlin Harrington Alex and Aaron De thank you everybody and uh, yeah we are slowly working our way towards that Sonic the Hedgehog goal uh, so think about it maybe this holiday season might be something to uh, give the gift of Elwood City limits or something or something like that I don't know anyway thank you all the same Lucas is It feels like, now that we're on the two-week schedule, it feels like there's so much to talk about in the uh, ensuing time here. So hopefully we get a chance to catch up as we uh, talk about this installment of Arthur, one that um, definitely had mentioned among some people's favorites of the entire series. It's Desk Wars.
1: That I forgot that that was the 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 tease last I guess two weeks ago that this was some people's favorite episode. Interesting. More on that later.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean, desk wars. I mean, the Star Wars, Disney Plus, The Mandalorian. It's on, oh, ev- it's on. Wars are on everybody's tongue.
1: It's it's in it, more ways than one. Yes, <laughs> I
0: suppose. Um. So yeah, this one. I had a vague memory of, um, and right away Arthur starts this off. It's we're in Mister Ratburn's class, and Arthur's saying that you can tell a lot about somebody by the by what's in their desk. And immediately, I just had to be like, I can't relate to this. I can't relate to this. And you know why? It's you don't have a desk. I never ever when I was in school had a desk where that opened up this way. Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Whoa. Okay. Well, so I never had a desk that opened up like you could take the whole like table part off, Mm -hmm. but I had, I had a desk that was like hollowed out.
0: So, okay. The different types of desks that I had, there was one similar to this. that was very much like a table, but it had a storage space underneath it. You didn't have to lift anything. It was just part of the metal table part underneath. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's the kind of desk I had too. Okay.
0: And the other kind was the kind of all in one that was basically a chair. The old wooden chair that you would sit in and then it had the little cubby hole underneath. That was the type of that's the type of desk I relate with being in third grade.
1: No, I so I never had those. I only had the ones, the big metal ones, that you'd pull a chair up to uh, and they, they had the black little, like, yes. like drawer thing yeah. that you could put stuff in. And so, Will begs the question, what would you keep in those desks? Because mine, as an elementary school student, if we're being honest, I would uh, dump my entire glue bottle of Elmer's glue in the bottom, leave it till it would harden, and then it just would have this big, like, strip of Elmer's glue uh, that I was like, look at this. Isn't this cool? <laughs>
0: I, I guess. That must have been a... Oh, it must have been a nightmare. So, so
1: that's so that's what you would think about me if you were to... Because Arthur here is saying you can learn a lot about someone by what's in their desk. Uh, well, take that from what you will because I was the kind of kid where you would just see a giant mat, a wad of glue in my desk.
0: I think mine was more along the lines of very, very much a straight arrow uh, student. It was, you know, pencils and folders and construction paper and everything the teacher said that i needed because i'm lame maybe a, maybe a comic book in my later years but that's about it well
1: will, i don't know what you think the other kids would have had in their desks that's not lame that's like well i'm
0: talking like, well i'm talking to the glue master over here like
1: the glue master will will if anything you're more normal because you're not filling a desk with that's, glue. That's I the problem. I, I'm, I, I, I'm, I love that. I love that you're projecting that I'm some sort of rebellious, uh, uh, you know, ruffian, some ne'er-do-well, <laughs> Because I have a, a glue-filled desk. But it just means I was a little weirdo. Okay, <laughs> I wasn't, you know, some rough and tumble. Uh, uh, you know, you don't want to get mixed up with me. I'm the glue desk boy. <laughs> I was just, just an oddball. Okay. You don't need to downplay your normal pencils and stuff. I'm, I'm. This is bizarre. I, I feel like you have, you're jealous of the glue desk. You shouldn't be jealous of the glue desk, Will.
0: If you say so, I'm just. <laughs> I, I you know what grass is always greener on the other side so
1: well if you want to fill a desk with glue you could just you're an adult though you could just buy the Elmer's but dress. I
0: can't not think about the fact that somebody's gonna have to clean that up and I don't want to do it so
1: well, well 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 that's the whole point you let it dry and then you can peel it off and then you got a fun strip of glue uh, to play with
0: uh, I don't know it's no I'm too old to put glue in my desk now it's just it's just the way things are man I can't do it
1: no, I, I, you know what? You're probably
0: right. <laughs> so, uh, every, so Arthur starts to look in Francine's desk, but then she gets really offended, and we get a little bit of a, a power struggle here for who's going to be doing the cold open of the show, and Arthur asserts that he does it because it's his show, although we've had a lot of other characters do the cold open, including Mr. Ratburn, who takes over this one as everybody begins to uh, argue about who does the cold open. Um, there's a great line in the background here where Binky's talking about doing the Binky Barnes Variety Hour, and anyone who doesn't like it can walk. <laughs> uh, so Ratburn leads us to the teacher's lounge where he says, uh, adults don't get into this kind of petty squabbling that kids do, but of course we walk in there, Mr. Haney is having an argument that uh, somebody, I forget which teacher, uh, moved his cheese Oh, uh,
1: That's right, yeah, Mr. Haney is very perturbed about the state of his cheese uh, Someone else is complaining that no one is is putting dirty mugs in the sink Yeah,
0: Miss Krasny is pretty upset about it And all Ratburn has is a sheepish look So, yes, it turns out adults are just as petty as children And this is something that you learn more and more every year
1: Yes, uh, Bowling for Soup, they were oracles when they said, uh, you know, high school never ends They were right It's true but they should have changed it to elementary school. Never ends, <laughs> evidently.
0: Nothing ever really ends. That's right, Doctor Manhattan. That's
1: that's right. I'm gonna, you're gonna, I'm gonna go into the office tomorrow and fill my GD desk full of glue because elementary school never ends.
0: <laughs> you work, you, you you work for a school now.
1: That's right. Though no, I mean, higher education. I work for a university, yeah. but I don't know how many glue-filled desks. First of all, I don't think they have desks that you can store things in, and second of all, I, I don't think they're filled with glue. I haven't checked though; anything's possible. It's a big university.
0: So the uh, this whole episode, Desk Wars, takes place on an, on a very, very hot day. Uh, probably, I'm going to guess in like May or June, uh, very close to the end of the school year. If it's this hot, and man, I already like this. This was <laughs> this is giving me serious FOMO of just like I can't believe. Uh, I, I miss it when it was this boiling hot, which I kind of don't. But, you know, it's, I'm just saying that because it's cold.
1: But, yeah, you know, as it doesn't do the right thing, the heat raises tensions. Everybody's already kind of in a bad mood. They're off to the wrong foot. Conflict is in the air. Well, and, um, well, and
0: right away, Binky yeah. has got his bare feet like sticking onto George's desk cuz George isn't there today and Binky's just got his, he's just got his piggly wigglies out and I'm just like this is a party foul man you can't just put your nasty ass feet on out on a hot day
1: yeah off top no cap Binky's got the feet out and then he wipes his face with his sock <laughs> which is extra disgusting uh Mr. Rapper in a rare summer outfit you know it's hot when Mr. Rapper is busting out the short sleeves mm-hmm uh tickets to the gun show uh and speaking of gun show uh we get our first mention of um world war Two in arthur i don't think world war Two has been mentioned yet
0: um hmm, that's a good one uh i i totally didn't put that together because ratburn's doing a kind of uh talk on the un so yeah,
1: that's right the history of the united nations and he says the united nations was established after world war Two. keeping in keeping with the sort of the 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 theme of conflict and conflict resolution in this episode. Um, but that made me think about, Oh, I guess world war two happened in the Arthur universe, which is like much like the animal hierarchy, something that is probably the less thought spent on the better.
0: <laughs> I agree. Uh, maybe fun to think about for a second. And then you're just like, Oh wait, no, this is too many questions. Let's just, let's move on. So, um, we, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly. So w- Francine, Buster, Arthur, and Frank the Bunny Kid are at the same are at the same uh, desk here, and uh, at one point Buster looks into his desk uh, in order to find an old tuna sandwich, which is apparently stinking up the place.
1: It's been there for over a month. Ugh,
0: I, it's hard to believe that the old tuna didn't start smelling sooner. Like Buster lifts up his desk and everybody can smell it. Like, <laughs> like, I'm just like, how did you not know this? Like. At some point, I got to believe the janitor has to step in. Mr. Morris has just got to be like, no, no, I'm putting an end to this.
1: Well, I mean, again, to go back to my example, you know, sometimes that glue would be there overnight and nobody would do a darn thing about it.
0: Maybe. Maybe that's maybe that's just a line that can't be crossed. Did
1: did you notice if you pause it when uh, Buster lifts up his desk, you can actually see there's a lot of there's a couple good little Easter eggs in there uh like for instance there's a there's a i I think a love ducks book or something i don't know if it's a a book or a dvd and and some other stuff as well i'm just trying to find the time code here uh yeah it's at three three twenty six um there's like some there's a like like it looks like a hockey skate or a sneaker a yo-yo
0: yeah there's there's a boot there's a baseball there's a juice box a pencil like it's it's a pretty detailed background drawing i really like it uh this this re- this really be how boys live in smh
1: yeah <laughs> yeah boys just be like yeah so yeah. B- so buster so
0: buster looked into his desk to dig out an issue of bionic bunny that he wanted to show uh or, or that he wanted to loan to arthur we also see that um francine is looking to borrow some of muffy's judo kitten stickers
1: yeah, I, so this was interesting. So uh, Judo Kitten in concept sounds like another uh, another podcast from the Halifax area, the Samurai Pizza Cast. Mm. Samurai Pizza Cats is what Judo Kittens first reminds me of. But if you look at their designs, they're obviously like a play off the Powerpuff Girls. Very
0: much so. I think there's five of them or like four of them instead of three. I also really like when uh, when uh, Francine uh, asks Muffy to hold up the stickers, Muffy just goes, ah like just kind of presents them with a Power Ranger cry, <laughs> that was funny. Um, yeah, so we're just kind of taking a little bit of a tour around people's desks. Like we see the brain has it wired up so that he has a pencil and eraser uh, kind of dispensation machine or dispenser. Yeah, the, Excuse me.
1: The the brain, for lack of a better term, the brain's desk is quite extra.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: You want to you want to talk about how a janitor would step in if if there was an old tuna sandwich. I think with this much electrical machinery being implemented in brain's desk, it's at least a fire hazard or, or it violates some sort of rule.
0: Yeah. Or, or something. I, I to have
1: a, a complete solar, a solar power desk, you know?
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, I get, I guess it's gotta be a good place in the, in the classroom to get the sun's rays, but okay. Uh, I'm not so, I'm not so sure. Um, and f- so Muffy Fern, Uh, The Girl, Rabbit, and Brain are at the same desk here. It's like a quad desk sort of situation. And Brain is also happy because his desk gets the most uh, wind from the fan than anybody else.
1: Oh, no. So Muffy's got her blanket thingy.
0: Yes, she's got her dust ruffle. (laughs) And uh, she and Fern are big believers in feng shui.
1: Yeah, and I was kind of surprised. You know, as much as, as... brain is not familiar with feng shui now i know he's a man of science Mm -hmm. right like he he deals in absolutes qualitative and quantitative data but you'd think he would have at least like heard of the practice of feng shui you know what i mean he doesn't have to believe in it but i was kind of surprised that brain was like what is that
0: yeah and this just reminded me of how how much of a thing feng shui was for a couple of years it was kind of the condo method of its day
1: I actually don't understand how it works. Like how do you, can you tell if something is there just like a certain set of rules? I know that in like animal crossing there's certain like feng shui guides where you can make sure your room has good feng shui, but I don't actually know like what makes a room have good feng shui as opposed to bad feng shui.
0: Um yeah, I don't know. It's it's a lot about arrangement. I I th- I, I want to say that there's an art to it that I'm just re- completely ignorant of, but I mean, the straight fact is is that I'm not sure on, on any regard, but I think there's a type of um, understood maybe rhythm or um, spatial, I, I don't know, words. <laughs>
1: it, it's just kind of something that I say when I go to a cool north end apartment. I go, ooh, ooh, got some feng shui up in here.
0: Yeah, I definitely don't hear about it as much as I used to when I was like 13 when this episode came out. Uh, so that, that kind of gave me a little bit of a blast from the past. And as much as I love Fern being gothy, I do appreciate a moment of her being more quote unquote, stereotypically girly. It's, it's a very, the dust ruffle is very pink and flowery. And, uh, so I kind of like how that, uh, taps into a different part of Fern that we're not used to seeing. I forget what are oh, they, uh, so brain doesn't want the dust ruffle there.
1: Well, oh, wait, wait, wait. We also, we can't gloss over you, you know, you think my glue desk is gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also get uh, George's gum dinosaur.
0: That's right. Uh, so uh, Brain and Muffy get into an argument about the dust ruffle, and then Ratburn sends Brain over to sit at George's desk. George is sitting next to Binky and Sue Ellen. And, uh, yeah, they find in George's desk his gum, his gum dinosaur. I think it's a triceratops? I think it's a stegosaurus. Stegosaurus, okay. Uh, yeah, that he's been working on for months. I think since the beginning of the year, Sue Ellen says, and remember that for later. But Brain is very, <laughs> Brain is very annoyed because now he's not in the uh most ventilated part of the uh, of the room, and he's has to sit next to uh Binky, Binky and and Sue Ellen, which is definitely not where he wants to be. He, you could just see him visibly sweating. There's so many like angry glares from Brain in this episode. And Buster and Francine get the idea that if the they and Arthur have an argument with each other, then one of them will get sent to Brain's desk, which they know is the best ventilated. and And I
1: I, I love this plan by the way. Oh yeah, this was like a little bit work of it genius by. Uh, uh, I actually really appreciated this plan from Francine of like let's get in an argument on purpose to get moved to the. Uh, there was just there's just something like cheeky and ingenious about it. And it reminds me of like this is, might be kind of a weird out of left field example, but it's it. It, it reminds me of something like in, in Cool Hand Luke or something like getting into an argument on purpose to uh, improve your circumstances is just like it's a fun little plan to me.
0: Mm-hmm. And it actually really works because like. Uh, you know, Buster's like, come on, Arthur, get in an argument with us. He's like, no, I'm not going to get in an argument. And it.
1: Yeah, and he gets in an argument. Yeah. It, to-
0: it totally works, except it doesn't work for moving Buster and Francine. Arthur gets moved. And I also want to mention here that uh, this whole episode has a bit of an anxious undercurrent for me of not wanting to make the teacher mad. Like, that was always like that's that's what helped my develop my anxiety as a youngster was whenever people would be loud or rude in class and I'd just be like don't make the teacher mad
1: I don't like it when they yell I mean I too did not like it when they yell but usually that was because it was at me yeah. <laughs> for, for being loud
0: and rude <laughs> yeah exactly so you, you would have been somebody that would have been like I don't want to be in class with him he makes the teacher mad Again. No, no, no!
1: I, I would be making the teacher. Method. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to be. Yeah, I don't want to be in
0: class with you.
1: Yeah. Well, yes. First of all, you wouldn't want to be in class with me because apparently you're intimidated by my glue desk. You think I'm some sort of uh, uh, it's a bad uh, boy? Uh, yes, from the wrong side of the tracks, and the glue is on the wrong side of the tube, as in outside of it <laughs> on the desk, uh, and also. Uh, so that was already you think I'm a, a, a kind of a rough around the edges character, but the being loud and rude just doubles down on it.
0: Absolutely, so, absolutely. I would, I
1: would... Uh, podcast hosts. You know, we make good bedfellows, but in terms of elementary school classmates, we might have clashed heads.
0: Yeah, I think so. Or rather, I would just probably would have been afraid of you. <laughs>
1: Oh, I, I can't I, I cannot stress enough like how funny this is if you saw like a picture of what I looked like in elementary school it does not line up with this uh, uh, the idea of uh, like being scared of me <laughs> um,
0: yeah so Arthur gets moved over and so brains annoyed because Arthur keeps messing around with his uh, eraser dispenser and and then Bus, uh, Buster and Francine are mad at Arthur because he got moved. And we get a line here. I forget who it was from, but it was, that's so like Arthur, always betraying his friends.
1: <laughs> I mean, not wrong. Not wrong.
0: Is he? I don't know if he's always betraying his friends.
1: Remember that episode of Arthur where he installed mirrors in his treehouse so he could cheat at cards? Oh, that's
0: true. That's that really? Uh, yeah, I guess you could interpret that as a betrayal. Yeah, all right.
1: Remember that time he... Uh, who tells on Binky, because Binky's about to do the... Or no, no, Binky tells on Rattles?
0: Yes. Okay, yeah. so
1: that wasn't Arthur betraying his friends. I feel like there's other times where Arthur has committed a betrayal.
0: That's probably true, but I also just thought it was funny whether or, oh, or not it Oh, doesn't
1: he tell on Buster for stealing that fossil?
0: No, no, he doesn't.
1: Because I thought... Buster, Buster, Buster
0: self-snitches.
1: Who... Is it Arthur who tells his mom about stealing that toy from the store? There's a time where Arthur no. and Buster both get wrapped into something. No, no, they. Arthur just gets in trouble for like as an accessory. Yeah,
0: that's that's a cyber toy episode, but uh, they get caught. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Okay, okay, it's all right. To... Okay, so I don't pin... So don't as... pin this on my boy Arthur, like. Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just the idea of painting Arthur as a snitch, as a Takashi Six Nine esque, <laughs> you know. Takashi 69 has announced that Buster Baxter is a member of the Trey the 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 Bloods yeah. in in New York. Um yeah, I uh, I guess I guess Arthur does not uh is does
0: not turn his back on his friends. Um yeah, so all this is going on the tensions much like the heat are beginning to rise. Uh, Mr. Haney calls Mr. Ratburn out of the classroom. Uh, so he's gone for a vital part of this episode and George comes back. He had a dentist appointment that he got back early from and poor George, the innocent is now thrust in the middle of everything where he can't sit at his old desk because brains there. And then brains like uh, ask Arthur why you can't sit there. And it's like ask Buster why you can't sit there and all this kind of stuff. And George's just like, wow, everybody's in a really bad mood today. I'm just like, oh, you sweet, innocent boy. Um, and, of course, Brain, I feel, as always, now, we talk about, you know, accusing Arthur of being a snitch, but Brain always taking things a little too far, and uh, just escalating things unreasonably, I would say.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I think Brain's being pretty unreasonable this whole episode. From having his like giant desk like, okay, let's be, we're we're gonna get real here, we're gonna get real here. You know, what's more disruptive to the class? You know, my glass my desk full of glue not hurting anybody? Or Brain's like crazy mechanized like solar panel desk that's like spitting out paper on the Muffy's desk. I just think it's disrupting to the class. And I think Brain's attachment to it is also disruptive.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh so he Brain is being driven crazy by the fact that uh, like Arthur is dispensing pencils and he is adamant that he doesn't want Arthur to loan Muffy a pencil. And this begins the whole domino effect here because at, at one point in this episode after, you know, Muffy is asking George who is just sitting all by himself in a chair away from everybody, not part of this at all, asks George to sharpen uh, her pencil, which is actually Brain's pencil, um, and so George goes to do it, and then uh, I believe the chain is so uh, Brain threatens to destroy Buster's. Uh, excuse me. No. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. So
1: we get a real Mexican standoff here. Yeah. It really, um, it really is, and like, and
0: it's like it's it, it's it's a chain here. Yeah. One oh, leads yeah. to the this other. Is
1: li- this is like the basement scene from *Inglorious Bastards*, like <laughs> the 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 bar scene rather. Uh, so uh, George is gonna sharpen the pencil, which th- to which Brain threatens to crush George's uh, gum disgusting gum Stegosaurus. Yep. Um, to which uh, Suellen threatens to throw out Binky's rubber band ball that he's been spending the better half of the year working on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, uh, after that, uh, Muffy threatens to uh, put the the Judo Cat stickers on Brain's desk, which also affects Francine because she wants the stickers. So Francine threatens to cut the dust, uh, the uh, The dust ruffle. And then um, uh, 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 Fern has the loaned Bionic Bunny comic that was being loaned to Buster. Uh, but it's actually Arthur's comic, and she's threatening to destroy that. Again, we get a great face from Buster, by the way, what he's accusing for. He's like, for don't do it. Um, we get a good face from him. And then for some reason, Buster grabs Arthur's cookies. I don't know why. This starts where it starts to lose yeah. a little bit of <laughs> he, semblance he of j- logic. He j- well,
0: he just needs a bit of leverage of just like, well, if I lose something, I'm getting something. And he's like, I'm going to eat Arthur's cookies that he was going to share with me. And then Arthur doesn't have any Arthur's the one who's hurt at the end of all this. I like, he's, he's one of the ones who doesn't have any repercussion. He's just like, no, my cookies. (laughs) So it's a very tense thing as, but as George goes to the pencil sharpener and, uh, as George is sharpening the pencil, it's very tense. He keeps whittling it down. Like he sharp. Oh
1: yeah. At some point, like brain grabs Sue Ellen's report
0: on the UN. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, Brain's literally going to destroy Sue Ellen's homework, which might be the highest stakes of all of these. Like, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, like George, you probably shouldn't have the Gum Stegosaurus in the first place. I know he put a lot of work and effort into it, uh, but it's very un. brains really going back on his morals in that he's going to destroy knowledge. I don't think brain. You know, has. Edu- I don't think
0: brain has morals. I think that's. Oh. I think that's fake news.
1: That's true. I, I, You know what? I would tend to agree. You know, Brain is too often asking if he can and not enough if he should. You know what I mean? Yeah, and
0: he was already voiced by Steven Crowder. So, you know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we have this whole thing. Uh, like, George sharpens a pencil, and then the lead falls out, so he has to keep sharpening it. And then he w- eventually wears it down to basically just a little nub. And accidentally, uh, the book that Brain is threatening his dinosaur with falls over and it smashes and we get a big no from George poor George. And then everything happens. Like, yeah, and,
1: we, and much much like that scene from Inglourious Bastards, when that standoff comes to an end, it's all in quick succession. Mm-hmm. You barely have time to breathe and how quickly, you know, the, the dinosaur gets squished. and chucks the rubber band ball.
0: Fern tears up the comic book, which I love because she just goes like, Wah! and then just like rips the pages out. And then I also really liked Buster angrily eating the cookies.
1: I like Buster angrily eating the cookies. I like Muffy angrily sticking on the stickers. Kitten
0: number uh, one.
1: But it goes even further than this. Like the cookies get tossed and hit. Uh, Jenna, I uh, think. Jenna, yeah, in the face, and then people are tossing books.
0: Well, and then and then and then the whole class just starts going crazy. They're throwing things. There's that one kid. There's that. Yeah, we get the, the, the ma- throwaway
1: character of the week. Uh, <laughs> this kid in a white polo. Griffin McElroy. Yeah, this Griffin McElroy looking. He kinda has like a Ralph Wiggum vibe to him. Yeah, he's just he's uh, just, clapping this kid is just clapping erasers. He's just clapping erasers.
0: The clap Living his best life. Yeah, just the clap of his erasers are dummy thick. And oh, uh yet yeah, everybody's just going nuts. And eventually, uh, Haney comes in to break everything up and it just looks like a war zone at this point, and just gives him a bit of a talking to, but it's a little uh a little toothless, if you ask me. But then poor sweet George just starts cleaning up. And as everybody's arguing as to who started it and, you know, and somebody says, well, George, you didn't do any, you didn't do anything. And he's like, I know, but I'm just going to clean up anyway. You guys, you guys make a big deal out of the weirdest things. And then that kind of helps break the spell on everybody. And they all pitch in and clean up the classroom. And I just, Oh, I bless, bless George's little heart. I loved that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's about to break out into a completely separate argument. After Mr. Haney leaves, you know, they're arguing over who should do what job. uh, Binky offers to pick up the erasers. Francine's incensed because that's the easiest job. And then, of course, George starts cleaning up and says, "Okay, you guys are being crazy. Yeah,
0: exactly. And uh, Mr. Ratburn comes back into the class. It seems like nothing's happened. And he says that he is officially an uncle. So I'm guessing that this would be his sister Rodentia's kid maybe cuz he has two sisters. He's got uh, oh, yeah. he's got Rodentia Ratburn sisters, from the season 1 and then he's got the one voiced by Jane Lynch from the uh, Gay Rat Wedding episode.
1: Yeah, I, I, I it could be either or I, I, forgot,
0: so. that men- I forgot that
1: we mentioned. I forgot that yeah the whole conceit of this is that, that this whole war happened while Mr. Rappern was out taking an important phone call yes
0: so the end of the episode happens here everybody is back at Muffy's place for a pool party because she thought that uh, everybody just needed to cool down after the day they've had but they're interrupted by Binky's rubber band ball which comes bouncing in and then they go and then the end of the episode is them all trying to catch it and yeah, that's uh, that's how. We, and 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 in the end, nobody can remember what started the fighting in the first place. Anyway. All right. So that's desk wars. And before we get into the second half of our episode, uh, we're gonna take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. Yeah. Okay. So we go from uh, something, something wars, you know, to another, something that also kind of resembles a popular movie that came out this year. Got a bit of Toy Story vibes from the uh, beginning of Desperately Seeking Stanley.
1: Oh, I was going to say, I was like, Desperately Seeking Susan did not come out this year. (laughs)
0: No, it definitely did not. Uh, no, Toy Story vibes here, because this episode features the speaking debut of Arthur Staple, Stanley the Bear.
1: Yeah, and I liked the the voice they picked for Stanley. I, I thought it was really... I'm like, you know, we've talked about, because again, this is another episode where briefly Pal and Kate's voices make an appearance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I thought that uh, Stanley's voice was fitting, and I know you've been critical of kind of Pal's voice really seem like Pal.
0: It's kind of... Um... Yeah, it's, it's kind of – in with it's officially within that canon since we do hear them. I like Stanley's voice. It's cute. It's almost a little too cute sometimes. It's very much just like, oh, no, Arthur would never do that. Like, he's just – he it sounds a little dumb, like, if I'm being I, honest.
1: I, I kind of like that he sounds a little dumb, though. He's old. He's got dementia, he, he's, you know? Well, and, he's very na- – he's naive,
0: <laughs> and I understand that. And we don't hear it enough for it to be constantly annoying, and it's like, all right, that's a fine uh, – stuffed bear voice uh so he's on the same shelf and as a woogle and man we're getting a lot more use out of the woogles than i ever thought that we would
1: it's true i didn't think the woogles were going to show up in three episodes as opposed to just being the fat of the week in one of all the things to keep continuity with i'm surprised that the woogles have more episode appearances than say spanky
0: yes absolutely and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that never changed, but uh, yeah, the Woogle is kind of uh, antagonizing Stanley because Stanley is like there're visible rips on him. You can see his uh, his stuffing kind of coming out. He's a very old bear, and the Woogle's just being like, ah, no, nobody wants used. Like you're you're used up, Stanley. You're gonna be out of here. In no time. And I I like that the I like the the Woogle's like really really like. The the Wogles he's
1: got nothing to live for either. It's not like the Woogle's better off. He's just sitting on the shelf. He's a fad. Nobody cares about him anymore. But he's like, I'm gonna bring Stanley down with me. Like
0: exactly. He's just a hateful toy. <laughs> um, and so you we do get our only appearance here of of Pal and Kate speaking, as uh they they apparently know. Well, first of all, this confirms that dogs and babies can talk to toys, like you know let's let's muddy these waters even further and uh they apparently know that the woogle is uh, uh very uh dislikable and i i do like this here where pal grabs stanley and uh he goes hang on old man i just uh i liked the, yeah I and liked that. he calls
1: he tells woogle to shut up and he calls him a nasty little fad yeah
0: <laughs> that was a, that was great i really liked that that's actually a pretty decent insult if you're uh If you're just uh, saying it to anybody. Yeah.
1: Next time someone tries to step to me and they're wearing those chunky, like giant white Fila sneakers. Mm -hmm. That's the burn they're getting. They're a nasty little fat. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah. So they save Stanley momentarily. uh, But then mom uh, finds him and says, I can't keep sewing him back up. It's she says later, she's basically patching patches at this point. And the Woogle gives him one last kind of mean thing of just like, maybe you could be the dog's chew toy. So it looks like we're kind of going one way with this, but it's not the way we end up going. Like, I was like, okay, so we're doing this, but we kind of do something a little different in the actual episode. And I must say that as a boy who slept with teddy bears for a very, very long time, this episode makes me feel very seen, Uh, like, especially the whole thing of just like having teddy bears that are so old that basically uh, my grandmother was the one who gave them to me when I was very young, when I was a baby. And eventually she just got tired of sewing them over and over again and fixing them because I would, they would just eventually, they were just too old and I still have them. And they're very, very, uh, worn down. They are, they are out to, out to pasture.
1: Yeah, I think some of my teddy bears are still hanging around somewhere, too. I had a – so I – when I was a little kid – okay. And I must have told this story on the show before. But when I was a little kid, even though – despite my family not being French, my dad wanted to name me Guy Lafleur after the (laughs) uh, famous Montreal Canadian uh, hockey player. Yeah. Uh, And, of course, my mom put a a succinct end to that. Uh, So I – but when I got any stuffed animal, they would just be called Guy. And so, like, the big one was Big gi, and then there was, like, a medium-sized one that was called oh, Middle Gee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and then there was another one that looked exactly like the medium-sized one, except he didn't have a bow. And so he was called Other gi, and then there was a really little one, and that was called Little yeah,
0: Oh, yes. I do remember this story. In fact, it was uh, – I think I think, uh, Little Gi was probably the title of an episode that we did. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you
1: spell Gi right? Because I think it's spelled, like, guy. Yeah,
0: G-U-Y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, we're close enough to French Canada that I know how to spell gi. The episode begins with Brain and Arthur doing a science project in Arthur's room. And they're trying to find an appropriate um, thing to represent certain types of clouds. And they find bits of Stanley's um, stuffing on the ground. And they apparently worked really well for Brain's design of what type of clouds they want to use. And Arthur realizes that it comes from Stanley... And, uh, realizes that, uh, this is, uh, he's really coming apart now. And this is where he, uh, and I, I will say he's like, uh, uh, when brain finds out it's from his teddy bear, Arthur's very defensive of the fact that he has a teddy bear, but, uh, brain to his credit in both appearances he makes in this episode, uh, very understanding of Arthur's attachment to Stanley.
1: Yeah, brain gets it. Yeah, as as a as a bear himself.
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is where mom fixes Stanley up and just saying she's basically patching patches at this point, and it might be time to uh, uh, not give him up, but essentially retire him. Uh, they are get, getting stuff together for a yard sale. And DW is giving away Thelma, the talking fish. Now, I can't remember exactly which episode Thelma debuted in. Okay, we have okay, I'm before, glad that though. you
1: mentioned this because we have seen Thelma before, yes?
0: Yes, yeah. Okay. Uh, So Thelma is started to not work. I was really hoping that, so uh, Thelma, Thelma's one of those uh, electronic fish, mounted fish that sings like, row, row, row your boat. I was hoping that she would have the thing where, did you have you ever seen the YouTube video where it's like, the sound system in the fish gets screwed up so it sounds like it's like possessed.
1: So I've I've never um, seen the particular fish one you're talking about. I have seen, oh God, what is that video called haunted doll scary crazy haunted 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 possessed possessed. Skeleton, skeleton, scary crazy. Okay. Um. If uh, the only reason I'm being uh uh, I believe the video is called "Toy Skeleton Haunted and Possessed." This is demonic crazy. Okay. Posted on uh May 30th, 2011. Now, Will, have you seen this video?
0: I don't believe so.
1: So, Will, I'm gonna recommend you watch. I know Halloween is past. Uh, I highly recommend and listeners at home, you as well, I highly recommend you watch Toy Skeleton, Haunted and Possessed, this is Demonic Crazy. Now two things you need to know going in, okay? First thing number one, you it's a 14-minute long video. It's a little bit of a commitment, and I would say 13 minutes are very, very boring. You cannot skip ahead, okay? Oh. You have to sit there, you have to sit there and sit through the first thirteen minutes, <laughs> because it makes that last sixty seconds all the more sweeter it is it is probably one of my favorite internet videos of all time and if you like that video of the fish sounding like a demon you will love a toy skeleton haunted and possessed this is demonic crazy
0: okay i will i'll watch all of it.
1: it it is one of the most perfect videos i've ever seen
0: okay i all right i'll report back uh if i remember to on the next episode so uh, it, b- the and the video that I was thinking of if if you guys want to look that up if you've never done that before is uh thank you for the link by the way. Uh there you go. uh so it's basically I think if you just look at like uh fish possessed by demon or something like that uh it's basically a fi- a fish singing the uh the do wah diddy diddy dum diddy do whatever that song is and it's it's audio is so warped to the point of that every time it does the part where like the fish comes out of the mount like it (laughs) screws up the voice it is so funny it's just like you know the you know it's like looked good looked fine and then it's instead it's like looked good looked good look looked fine look (laughs) it's it's really hard to imitate so i really recommend that you check that out
1: yeah no i'll definitely listen this is this is exchanged right now a meeting of the minds i'll i'll look up at this haunted fish
0: this is a cultural Uh, cultural exchange
1: yeah. yeah for sure uh
0: and i'll i'll send you the link in a second too so uh dw is getting rid of a bunch of her toys um and Uh, including uh, Thelma. She's also giving away Larry the Lemon, which made a uh, previous cameo appearance in um, uh, a uh, Pal and Cade episode. In fact, the first one.
1: R.I.P. to a legend, Larry the Lemon. I remember Larry the Lemon. I think Larry the Lemon might actually be a former throwaway character of the week recipient. So, um, you know, I I wish Larry the Lemon a happy retirement.
0: Mm Mm-hmm uh yeah so dw is getting ready to get rid of hers and she's asking if arthur's gonna get rid of stanley and arthur's like like he's being a bit evasive he's just like no no no. i wouldn't want to do that he's uh he's an antique that's why i'm not getting rid of him and dw is kind of making fun of him because she assumes right uh, kind of correctly that arthur still sleeps with him and he has very very occasionally but then arthur in kind of a fit of insecurity uh gives does put Stanley on the pile of yard sale things along with the Woogle. Uh, And it was right here that I was like, oh, this is just the plot to Toy Story 2. (laughs) Like, it is in broad strokes the exact same plot. It's Arthur...
1: Now now, now on Disney (laughs) Plus.
0: Yes. Arthur gives over Stanley to the yard sale. Stanley ends up being bought by somebody who doesn't appreciate them. And although... It's not. Toy Story two is not about Andy trying to get the toys back. It's about the toys trying to get back to Andy. So it's like I said, broad strokes. But it's just like the, especially it being put at a yard sale, like really gave me flashbacks to Toy Story two. And that wasn't even that wasn't even recent at the time. Toy Story two was already a few years old. So, uh, you know, you can make your own conclusions from that. But I just I just found that kind of funny. Uh. I'm also, so uh, DW has a joke here where she puts a post-it note on Stanley that he's up for a penny, and Arthur kind of tries to bury him under all his other stuff, and (laughs) we see uh, Visita, who uh, come by, and she really wants Thelma, who apparently is being sold for (laughs) $1,000, which uh, Mr. Molina is not so sure about, but then DW uses this moment to uh, pawn off Stanley, which, who Visita immediately loves, and... Uh, Arthur's kind of, uh, he's kind of caught between a rock and a hard place here. It's like either admit that he doesn't want to sell Stanley or, uh, give him up. And eventually he does for five bucks, which Stanley's got some pretty like prominent Frankenstein-esque, uh, stitching on him. So the fact that he went for five is actually kind of impressive.
1: Well, doesn't Arthur describe him as an antique? I don't know. I guess Arthur's nine, right? Or, Or he's eight. He's eight. And he, oh, okay, I guess he only got it when he was a toddler. So I guess at the oldest, Staley's only like four years old because Arthur got a brand new, which we see in a montage later on.
0: Oh, the montage, uh, dude. So
1: I, 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 I suppose Staley's not actually worth that much money at all.
0: No, and it, it, like he's, he's just well-worn and he's, you know, your typical stuffed bear. So it's just a miracle that in that state he went for $5. He's Arthur just said he was an antique to kind of throw DW off the scent. Uh so Visita takes him home and says that he's she's going to name him Chico. Uh and then Arthur almost immediately has uh the seller's remorse. He uh later on he he puts back the Woogle. The Woogle didn't get sold, but he sees the empty spot on the on the shelf where Stanley was and this Oh, this is my favorite part of the episode. I loved this, and it's little Arthur um, at a birthday party. And he originally got Stanley from Grandma Thora. We see uh, little Francine here. Did you see her hair? Oh
1: no, I didn't even notice little Francine.
0: So it's little Buster and little Francine. And little Francine's got a little like mom hair going on a little bit. Ooh. Uh, it's a it's at about uh uh eighteen eighteen twenty. In, in the video file uh, Yeah and, Oh
1: yeah I see what you mean
0: And uh, it's just kind of cute we, We're not used to seeing She's got a her. little,
1: little, bob, a little he, bob going
0: on Yeah and so you know He immediately loves Stanley He comes in like a new box and everything uh, Oh dude I loved the little moment Where little Arthur Introduces Stanley to baby Dora Like He, he doesn't call her DW He calls her Dora I know,
1: which was a good... Because we got... It was multiple seasons before we figured out DW stood for Dora Winifred, right?
0: No, well, it was within the first season, but it was like a big... A big reveal. No, no, oh, excuse me, second season. Yes. But it was a big reveal, and it was like... Yeah, it, it was... Uh, scarring T.D.W.'s It's ego. funny,
1: because I actually... I don't think we've actually heard her referred to as Dora without the Winifred. Yeah. Because it took me a second to be like, oh, yeah, that's what D.W. stands for. Because, yeah, it's either D.W. or Dora Winifred. Dora is... It's, it's uh you know, she's... It's a name we usually associate with the famous explorer. Not so much, that's D.W.'s first name. You know what I mean?
0: hmm And uh, we get a re... Th- like, this is all really, really cute. The final thing is Arthur uh at six years old being put to bed and then he gets scared of the dark and he clings onto stanley and he falls asleep just saying i'm not scared of the dark i'm not scared of the dark and stanley helps him kind of get over his fear oh lucas it was so cute so cute did
1: did you notice that uh, arthur was kind of dressed like a minion
0: oh yeah he was (laughs) wasn't he when in when he was introducing uh dora to stanley Yeah. yeah oh geez good good eye good eye Oh, buddy, I could spot a minion from a mile away. Like that,
1: yeah, he does kind of.
0: He the, the, those accursed yellow creatures—they
1: don't leave my watchful eye.
0: Fit check here on Arthur. Also looking a little—if <laughs> he had a bit more flannel on him, he'd look like Bob the Builder.
1: Oh my goodness! Uh, so many cultural icons that Arthur is kind of pulling motifs and inspirations from to construct these outfits. So Arthur, like you said, is kind of getting Seller's remorse, and he uh uh. He's, he's got some criticisms of Stanley's current treatment.
0: Yeah, so uh, we see Visita playing with Chico over in the next yard. And uh, by the way, I, I also just want to say that this sappy teddy bear uh, montage really made me glad that my teddy bears are safely tucked away. And I uh, might want to dig them out sometime soon. I don't know. I really like teddy bears. Uh, yeah, so we see Visita playing with Chico in the next yard and uh yeah Arthur is very critical of just like you know uh you know be she she like dunks his face in a thing of milk uh in order to get him to eat his breakfast and he's like you know you shouldn't really get his fur wet it'll get all uh get all dry and crusty and then she's like that's okay we're just gonna put him in the dryer and Arthur's like no he can't
1: go in the dryer <laughs> and then we kind of get, like, a morbid scene of, like, Stanley in the dryer, like, cooking alive. Arthur, help.
0: help me. Yeah, so, <laughs> poor poor Arthur. He's so distracted by this that he can't uh, properly give crit- uh, critique of Brain's diorama that they're working on together. And this is where we kind of get, again, uh, Brain's like, you really miss that teddy bear, don't you? And Arthur's like, no. And Brain's like, it's okay. Like, I've had my own before. He had... Uh, what was the name of Brain's pig that he had? Oh, I do not remember. Oh, jeez, what was it? Um, it was something like, I, I want to say it was like Einstein or Copernicus or something. Oh, jeez, I don't remember. Uh, I'm, hang on, I'm just going to see if I can find it out. We anywhere.
1: have to know the name of this pig well. A lot of, like, when are we going to get a kid that's a pig? We got, get a lot of pig props, you know, Brain's pig toy, um... There was, I think it was last episode, we had the flying pig that yeah. like showed up out of nowhere. Uh, I believe that pig won throwaway character of the week.
0: Pig's name, the pig's name was Plato. Brain's pig, uh, Brain's pig's name was Plato. Ah, uh, uh, that's a good pig name. Pigs,
1: Will, pigs are big right now, Will. Papa, of course, mm-hmm. our favorite seven foot pig.
0: Will Osprey has a stuffed pig.
1: That's right. Pigs are big. Pigs are back.
0: Yeah, man. Pigs are in. Uh so Brain understands how Arthur feels and this kind of gives Arthur the uh the rush he needs to get Stanley back. So he offers to buy Stanley back from Visita, but Visita doesn't have Stanley anymore. She traded him to what 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 did she trade him for? It's like a, it's like a sticker <laughs> to the Tibbles. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes.
0: She's like, I really got Timmy Tibble good with this one. Just because she doesn't know doesn't know anything, and Arthur's horrified. He literally runs over to the Tibbles. We get this cutaway scene here that's actually kind of unsettled me. Like I'm like no lie, I watch this and I'm like I don't this this makes me feel bad. I don't. What would you rather be sub-
1: subjected to torture by the Tibbles or? Uh, put into the dryer alive
0: well the, the tibbles thing is like so they're he's he's imagining them doing like surgery on Stanley and then it's like very
1: like yeah it's like an Eli Roth movie or something well
0: and yeah it's like it's like looking up at the tibbles as they have like the pliers and they're like laughing men- menacingly and then you look over at Stanley and they've removed all of his stuffing and then one of the tibbles blows his nose with him and then just kind of throws him away it's actually a, like I got a little upset.
1: It's like, uh, you know, it's like that French film Martyrs, but with the stuffed animals. Oh,
0: I haven't seen Martyrs yet.
1: It's uh pretty intense. It's pretty extreme. Yeah,
0: but it really was like a little torture porny. Like I did. <laughs> oh it... my
1: god! I just this is the first episode, Arthur. The I think this is the first time we've ever referenced World War Two or torture porn with <laughs> Arthur, and it's in the same episode.
0: We're going there, baby. Uh, so yeah, you know, this is
1: what seasonal depression does to
0: us. <laughs> Arthur fears the worst, but uh, gets over to the Tibbles' place, and Missus Tibble assures him that uh, she puts Stanley elsewhere and it turns out that she has yeah, yeah. A...
1: she's got a great line she goes um, you know the, the, the boys are angels but why tempt them
0: yeah I like that too um, so yeah she actually has a room full of different stuffed animals this seems to be like a collection that she has and she mended up Stanley even better than he was before and he's been uh, part of her collection for a little bit since the Tibbles had him in fact she even made him a little raincoat oh I love the little raincoat
1: well, I'm getting the sense. Did you see either of the Paddington films? I feel I saw, like you'd be I a saw fan. Bo-
0: I saw both of them. Those movies rule.
1: I'm, so I've heard. I've heard Paddington 2 especially is a is a wonder, wonderful film.
0: Paddington is a great movie. Paddington 2 is unbelievably even better.
1: Okay. Listen, I'm a Hugh Grant fan, so I,
0: I'm going to watch it one of these days. You, you've got to. Like, just make it a double feature. Have yourself a <laughs> grand old afternoon. Okay. In fact, I'm overdue for a rewatch of those. i got to seek those out. Um yeah, so uh Mrs. Tibble is uh she she does agree to give Arthur Stanley back, but Arthur kind of thinks about it and he says, you know what, I think Stanley's actually probably better off here where he can be appreciated, and Mrs. Tibble says you can come and visit him anytime you like. And we actually get kind of an effective ending. It's just like it's effective for me because I have I put irrational amounts of feelings towards stuffed animals. But, uh, again, probably seeing Toy Story at a young age. Uh, But there's a little scene here where they begin to iris out and Stanley looks over and he says, bye, Arthur. And I'm like, oh, no. And then it actually irises back in and Arthur's like, maybe I'll just take him for the weekend. That's (laughs) That's true. Which I actually thought was pretty good. And that's how the episode ends. So at least this episode is supposing that Arthur doesn't have possession of Stanley anymore, but he can visit him whenever he likes. So I don't know, like I'm going to keep an eye on the backgrounds the next few episodes to see if Stanley shows up again, but uh, yeah, yeah, it looks like this might be it. All right. So two um, very, I'm I'm going to be very curious to see where we land on this. So Lucas um, desk wars. How did that one strike you?
1: So hot take, hot take. I don't know if this is the seasonal depression talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if, uh, yeah, if I'm just bitter and soulless because of the cold, but I actually didn't like Desk Wars that much.
0: Straight up, didn't like it.
1: No, I, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I don't think I actually liked either of these episodes. Oh, um, but my problems with Desk Wars lie in that you know, Desk Wars is an entertaining enough conceit, and it's it's kind of fun to see both this kind of setup with this Mexican standoff and then this breakdown. But I don't, and this might be. Again, this always comes with sort of the 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 warning that like, of course I know that this is a children's show and yes. we take it a little bit too seriously here, but I didn't feel like it was true to the characters. You okay. know Fern going crazy and ripping up the comic book. Uh, everybody so overtly, with the exception of George and Arthur, just getting ready to threaten each other and destroy what is most dear, at least in that moment, to the other person. It just... It seemed like... They had an idea—I felt like this episode could be an episode from any—you could, like, copy-paste it into any kid's TV show. Like, this could have been a Fairly Odd Parents episode, any sort of show that took place in a school, whether it's, like, I don't know, Detention or, or uh, uh, Flying Rhino Junior High. You, I could, you know, control, select all, replace, and you could throw any kid's show in here. It just—there was something un-Arthur about it um hmm. that that it, it, it didn't sit right with me. Um, and so I I, I just it, it just didn't quite work for me for that reason. I just thought that like, ah, you know, this doesn't really feel to me like an Arthur episode. Uh, I mean, that being said, it's it was certainly fun to kind of watch the whole, classroom descend into chaos and in that that moment I will say that was a really well executed scene especially in the timing and just like the speed you know the balls bouncing down that you could hear yeah. bicky speak with anguish and then there people are throwing books at each other like it might be the most that's ever happened in like a 60 second span in any arthur episode and that's impressive in itself but yeah I just I just didn't like it
0: interesting um so I'm not passionate about it either way, but I would say I had fun with it. I, I I think I appreciated... Now, I think it's very interesting that you mentioned that everybody's not really acting within character, and I think that that is something cons- important to consider that I maybe wasn't thinking about. Um, I think that that's true. I think that there is a lot of this where it's like they kind of just need them to do certain things, and it is a little bit mean-spirited at times. But I I, I don't know. I think I just kind of liked... It felt like an interesting bottle episode of just putting them all in one room on a very tense situation and seeing how they act. Now, it might not have been completely in keeping with the way that they normally are, but it was also kind of fun to see what everybody can be like when pushed to their limits and then to see them make up in the end. Now, it's it's not going to change your life or anything, but I found myself reasonably entertained by it. I liked, like you said, I liked all the different unique situations that people put them into, and I thought, and I think maybe that's probably what I like about it the best is that there was all of these unique ways to get across different aspects of people's characters, like uh, kind of Muffy's vindictiveness. There was brains um, escalation, like, the kind of way that he escalates things, there was George playing the peacemaker, and just kind of being a nice boy, and there were aspects to that that I really liked, I wouldn't stick up for it or anything, but I still, I got my fun out of it. Uh, as for Desperately Seeking Stanley, now, as an episode, it's kind of like, you know, I think I would I'd just be like go watch Toy Story 2. It's essentially the same thing. It's kind of hard to realistically put as much into this episode, put as much investment into this episode. Because it's about Arthur's teddy bear, and Arthur's teddy bear has never been a character before this. So it's well.
1: Not only, not only is it a. I mean, Arthur's teddy bear has shown up as like a prop and stuff. Yeah. But it's about Arthur's teddy bear, but it's also not about Arthur's teddy bear. It's kind of about Arthur, right? Because if it was about, that's because I. That, that's what I thought this episode was going to be like. Was going to be a episode from the perspective of Stanley with the yeah. cold open and then the the talking uh, uh, pal and and uh, uh, Kate. But no, that's not really the case.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, you're right. And I did think it was going to be one thing and it ended up being another. It really was more about Arthur and his feelings. And we have explored kind of Arthur's I felt like we did this a little bit better in the episode about the car where it's like Arthur is having these feelings of nostalgia and kind of what that and kind of how he deals with that. And this was kind of similar to that. I really really did like the flashbacks to little Arthur and how much Stanley means to him, but I couldn't be normally I wouldn't be as emotionally invested the tipping point for me is the, is how much I love stuffed animals and stuffed bears in particular and that th- my uh, what I brought into it was my own experience with my own stuffed bears and I was like oh no that could be my stuffed bear oh my and, goodness because I'm like because I'm an enormous softy and a lamo. uh so it meant a little bit more to me than I think it would many other people but I recognize that it's not like the greatest episode ever it's Kind of fun, but in the end, it's kind of, eh, take it or leave it.
1: Uh, as, a, as a hardened, you know, g- desk filled with glue, <laughs> wrong side of the tracks, ne'er-do-well... Uh, I I didn't have the same kind of emotional reaction uh, to kind of Arthur's relationship with Stanley. Uh, And so, though I did, like you said, I do think the high point for both of these episodes actually is that that montage of little Arthur and him kind of putting Stanley through the paces. Uh, It reminded me of, um, actually, this whole episode... Okay, you know what? I just had an epiphany. This whole episode kind of reminds me of that episode where... uh, D.W. is borrowing her grandmother's doll uh, for, for the weekend. you know what I'm talking about? And it kind of gets destroyed. Do yes, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Clarissa. Uh, Clarissa. Yes, yes. And then, uh, and then it gets fixed and all that stuff. But it was very reminiscent, both the kind of the themes of like a really old doll that's breaking apart and it, it gets refreshed. Remember, they take it to the doll doctor, or all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I and I I think similarly how you said, you know, the our episode about Arthur's family car did that theme better. I also think all that kind of doll stuff was done better in that episode. Um, I think my issues with this episode is that I don't know. It's just it's a little bit boring, especially in the second half. Um, and I, 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 not to fault an episode what it could have been, but I, I was definitely more entertained by the parts where, like, Stanley is talking. I thought the interactions between Stanley and the Woozle were pretty interesting. I like the idea of the Woozle as a villain um and and it's been a while since we've had a kate and pal episode but besides that yeah kind of the rest of it fell a little bit flat for me and i think mm-hmm. i interpreted the stakes a little bit differently and then i understand arthur being emotionally attached to his bear but when he's getting to the point where he's like criticizing a child for how they're taking care of the bear i'm like okay arthur you sold it let her have her fun okay yeah. if she wants to dip the guy in milk like she's a little child like come on yeah
0: you kind uh, of you, you gave you gave up You gave up those types of things when you gave him up, so let's be real here. All right. No, I think that's fair. All right. So it didn't exactly hit us the way that I kind of thought it would, but it's always interesting to kind of figure out where we fall in terms of these episodes of Arthur. Uh, And that's going to be it. That's going to be a wrap for this episode of Elwood City Limits. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for this one. We're going to be continuing on again uh, episode every Two weeks, as often as we can uh, manage them. And, Lucas, next time we get together, it's going to be an an episode that I think I might be completely unfamiliar with. This doesn't – I don't recognize this at all. Uh, so- for the record, I, didn't, I had never seen either of these episodes before, by the way. And mm-hmm. I think this
1: might be one of the first times that's happened where I haven't seen – I haven't had no recollection of either episode. So we might be saying that a lot more lately as we get into these later seasons.
0: For sure. But this this is the last season I remember watching on TV. So to not recognize one here is a little strange, and it's gonna be, like you said, it's gonna be a more of an occurrence as we go along. So next time it's gonna be Muffy's Art Attack and Tales from the Crib.
1: Whoa. I wonder what Tales from the Crib involves.
0: I know. Maybe like some maybe some type of
1: horror theme
0: question mark? I'm I'm eager I'm eager to find out. Uh, Lucas, uh, do you know when you're gonna be on Mali stream?
1: Oh, um well you can go see if you wanna see us play the first two hours of Death Stranding. You can check out the Mali Stranding video. Uh, I I believe Uh, The plan is, I know uh, Josh, uh, the other... There's three-thirds of Mally's stream. I have just one. I think Josh is continuing with his Mally Slow Run of Sonic Adventure DX. And if you're not familiar with a Mally Slow Run is, it's like a speed run, but the opposite. So Josh (laughs) is kind of an an expert in that game, and he's playing it as slowly as possible, examining every single texture. So if you want (laughs) to kind of have a, a really, really deep Molasses Slow Dive in an ironically very fast game, Sonic Adventure DX. I think uh, Josh is going to do another Mali slow run later this week. Um, And then next week, we will continue with Secret of Mali, the most popular Mali stream series. And and that's going to be a lot of fun as well with Dud's big return from Japan. So you can check that out next week. Subscribe to the Mali stream.
0: Cool. Sounds good to me. Don't miss out on that, everybody. And, of course, uh, we've got our uh, socials. You can follow us on there, too, and follow, El- uh, follow Elwood City Limits on Twitter. Uh, hopefully, going to be making up a new uh, mid-roll, <laughs> uh, credits mid-roll, so we won't uh, put as many plugs into the show next time. But other than that, thanks a lot for joining us, everybody. Lucas, good to hear from you again. Uh, my name's Will Young. And for Lucas Mancini.
1: Can I call the police, Grandma? Not today, Timmy.